Oh boy, love is in the air. Well, it's good to see everybody in all their smiling faces today. I'm so glad to be in the house of the Lord today. So we are going to be talking about Moses, Aaron, and Miriam today. But we will not be in Exodus. We will be in Numbers. And to understand the New Testament, it's good to get an understanding of the Old Testament. There is a lot of language uh, and lessons that are used from the Old Testament in the New Testament to describe how God operates and how he wants us to behave. But before we get into it, let's go ahead and pray. Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you for your words, old and new. I just pray that you ready our hearts to receive your word. I just pray that your Holy Spirit would fill this room, that you would move in our lives, that we would just welcome you in our hearts to act, to do surgery, or to just bring up things that you want us to pay attention to. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So our first scripture is kind of to get the soil of our hearts ready to receive God's word. So Please open your Bibles to 2 Timothy 3, 15 through 17. And when you find it, please stand for the reading of God's Word. And how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You may be seated. So it's important to understand what Paul is talking about here. Um, He is talking about Scripture, or as the Greek word says, the written word. This would be the Old Testament. Now, the words of Jesus would have been considered a different Greek word, which means the spoken word. When you look at the context, you find that Timothy's grandmother had the same faith. Paul refers to in the Old Testament faith as the same faith in the New Testament. Now, we are in a different situation. Just like Joseph's faith, was different than the faith of Moses, but was carried out differently because of the different situations. We believe in Jesus and have the same faith in God, but it is a very different situation because the death and resurrection of Jesus. Also, it is different because God gave us the law of Christ, which is the spoken word of God. Because the New Testament was not a written book at that time, I think we, as we read more about Moses and Aaron and Miriam, we will find some timeless lessons. Also, we will get to hear God have a conversation with the three of them. And anytime God is talking, especially in a conversation setting, there is so much we can learn. So we are going to jump into Numbers 12, 1 through 2. Miriam and Aaron began to talk against Moses because of his Cushite wife. For he married a Cushite. Has the Lord only spoken through Moses? They asked. Hasn't he also spoken through us? And the Lord heard this. 
Now Aaron and Miriam seem to have two complaints about Moses. The first one is that Moses married a Cushite. Now we know that Moses had married a Midian lady named Zipporah. The text doesn't seem to say whether she was alive or not at that time. Could Zipporah have moved to Cush and then to Midian? Could Moses' first wife died and he married a second? Could he have had two wives? Well, the Scripture doesn't give us enough information to answer these questions. This can be something interesting to explore, but it's not something that I would teach on without explanation through the Scripture. So there is a real question. Does God support the possible racism of Aaron and Miriam? Well, Moses and the Israelites were instructed not to intermarry, but for a specific reason. God gave them a specific list of nations he wanted to punish, and he didn't want the Israelites to fall away from them uh, by, by intermarrying with them. In fact, some of the reason that God wanted to bless them by bringing them out of the land they were in is because he wanted to punish those nations through the Israelites. And the Cushites were not on that list of nations. Nowhere in Scripture does it show that God condemned Moses for this marriage. So why do I believe that God does not support racism? Well, number one, because God is more concerned about what's happening on the inside than what's happening to your flesh. We see this in Romans 2, 26 through 29. So then if those who are not circumcised keep the law's requirement, will they not be regarded as though they were circumcised? The one who is not circumcised physically and yet obeys the law will condemn you who, even though you have the written code and circumcision, are a lawbreaker. A person who is not a Jew, who, or a person is not a Jew who is only outwardly, nor is circumcision merely outwardly and physical. No, a person who is a Jew is who is one inwardly. And circumcision is circumcision of the heart, by the Spirit, not by the written code. See, we don't judge a person by their flesh. When we judge somebody by their race or physical appearance, we are judging by the flesh. There's all this nonsense out there. There, there are these people, uh, groups of people who claim that they were the original Jews. And they put a whole lot of effort into evidence and archaeology to try to show that their bloodline came from the same Israelites as Abraham and not the people who currently say that they're Israelites. There are these other people who just throw the Bible out and try to act like the white race is a superior race. The Word of God does not give us any evidence that someone is going to heaven merely on their earthly heritage. So, are you and I Jews? According to Paul, if we are circumcised inwardly, we are Jews. We do not want to be like Aaron and Miriam. We do not want to insult people because of our lack of understanding. We do not want to look down on a great leader that God has chosen because we think we are better than them. The second issue is that Miriam and Aaron had a submission problem. They did not want to submit to the position of Moses. 
To understand this, we should look at the positions of the three people involved in this story. Aaron was the older brother of Moses. God called Aaron to be Moses' mouthpiece. He was the one in second command. When Moses went up to the mountain, he put uh, Aaron in charge of them in place of himself. He also was the first high priest. Miriam was the older sister of Moses. She checked on him when he was a baby living with the Pharaoh's daughter. She also was considered a prophetess, according to the Bible. And Moses was chosen by God to lead the people. Moses was also chosen to intercede for the people, by the people. In fact, they told him that they couldn't stand to hear the voice of God, that they were going to die if they did. So the people chose him as well as God. He was the one God chose to come up to the mountain to receive the law and then to come back down and give the law to the Israelites. Yes, Miriam and Aaron could be right on the fact that they hear from God, but they did not hear God like Moses did. As it says in Numbers 12, 6 through 8, he said, listen to my words. When there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions. I speak to them in dreams, but this is not true for my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him I speak face to face, clearly not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? God spoke to Moses in a very different way as we see here in Scripture. Because Moses was faithful Out of all God's family, he spoke to him face to face. When someone really wanted to know what God thought, they would go to Moses and have him talk to God. If they wanted to be forgiven, they could ask Moses to talk to God and be forgiven. So when we look at this with the perspective of Moses having the authority to speak to God, we can see why the people should listen to him over Miriam and Aaron. Now, there's not a whole lot of detail on why they spoke against uh, Moses, but the fact that they are saying that they could hear God also indicates they may have had wanted more of a leadership role. The other important hint that they sprinkle in here is in Numbers 12.3, which indicates that Moses was more humble than all those on the earth. Now, remember, Moses didn't even want to lead the people when God spoke out of the burning bush. He told God all the reasons he thought he was not good enough. And if you are thinking about being a leader in any kind of capacity, we should follow the example of Moses and we should follow the example of Jesus. They were humble. Listen to what Jesus says about being a leader in Mark 10, 42 through 45. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord over them. And their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Even if we aren't deacons or elders in the church, we still lead by example. People are watching us. 
we should show them that this Christian life is a life we can live. We should show them by serving others. We should serve people like Jesus did, praying for the sick people to get well. We should tell people to repent because the kingdom of God is at hand. We should tell people forgiveness can be attained. That we don't have to be weighed down by our past sins. That we have everything we need in Christ to live a holy life. We can tell people this because we submit to our leader, Jesus, the Messiah. We don't try to create another message because we think we hear from God the Father better than Jesus did. We may get words of knowledge and all kinds of gifts, but none of that should change the message that we receive through Christ. There was probably things that Miriam and Aaron didn't like about Moses' leadership. I think one of those things would have been wandering around the wilderness for 40 years. I think being in the desert probably was not a picnic either. And I'm sure there were other things as well. We who are in Christ don't always like Christ's leadership or some of the things he tells us to do. Like what Jesus says in Matthew 10, 38 and 39. Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for my sake will find it. These are the kind of statements that can be hard to accept. These are the kind of statements that when Jesus was alive, caused people to stop following him. These are the kind of statements that make people grumble about Jesus. When we don't like leadership, what do we do? Well, often we start grumbling, whether it's the leadership of the United States, the government of Ohio, or the governor, um, or even our boss. Sometimes we think we can run the company better. But before we start grumbling and gossiping like Aaron and Miriam, there are some things we probably should consider. Number one, gossip betrays confidence as it says in Proverbs 20, 19. A gossip betrays a confidence. So avoid anyone who talks too much. So if somebody is making fun of someone to you, you should probably consider Proverbs 20. The likelihood of them making fun of you behind your back is way higher if they are making fun of somebody to you for entertainment. Once you have identified that personality trait, you should avoid that person. The next time before you are tempted to gossip, consider this. Number two, Satan can use us to do his work. This is found in Matthew 13, 24 through 28. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat. And went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, and then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servant came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where did these weeds come from? And the enemy did this, he replied. Or an enemy did this, he replied. Just like God uses us to drop seed to convert people, the enemy can try to use us to drop seeds of division and unbelief. Gossip can be one of those seeds. Gossip is one of those things that really hurt people. 
I've talked to so many people who said they've gotten hurt in the church because of gossip. Can you imagine what God thinks about this? Well, that brings us to our next point. Before gossiping, consider this. Number three, God hates gossip. This is found in Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to Him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to run to evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. God hates gossip because it can lead people astray. It can divide a community of believers. So knowing God's hatred towards this sin, let's see how he reacts to Miriam and Aaron. We see this in Numbers 12.4. At once the Lord said to Moses, Aaron and Miriam, come out of the tent of meeting, all three of you. So the three of them went out. Then the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud. He stood at the entrance of the tent and summoned Aaron, Miriam, Aaron and Miriam. When the two stepped forward, he said, Listen to my words. When there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in a vision. I speak to them in dreams. But this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him I speak face to face, clearly and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. And then after that he says, why were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? Which brings up a good question. Why aren't we afraid to speak against our brothers and sisters? I hope that the amazing, beautiful fear of the Lord grips us when we think about gossiping. So let's see what happens next. And continuing on in Numbers 12, 9 and 10. The anger of the Lord burned against them and he left them. And when the cloud had lifted from above the tent, Miriam's skin was leprous. It became white as snow. Aaron turned towards her and saw that she had a defiling skin disease. Because of the sin of gossip, there can be consequences. Miriam was struck with a horrible skin problem. There was nothing in Scripture that says Aaron was punished, even though it seems like that's the better, Aaron got the better deal and we would always not want to be punished, that might not be the better outcome. Why? Because God disciplines the ones he loves. It is a blessing that Miriam was not wiped out. And I bet she will think twice about talking about God's servant, Moses. And we really don't know. It could have been enough of uh, a lesson to teach Aaron just by seeing his sister in that condition, who he loves. We know from the context of Scripture that that made Aaron very sad. In our lives, discipline could be severe or it could be something that seems smaller. I was driving to one of my service calls in Blanchester the other day, and there was this little girl, probably in kindergarten, was getting off the bus. And maybe I was paying a little bit too much attention because I passed my customer's house up. But anyway, her house was on the opposite side of the street as the exit of the bus. This means she has to cross the street where her mom was waiting on her. So when it was her time to get off the bus, she got so excited 
and forgot to look at the bus driver for the signal and ran across the street. As you can imagine, the bus driver was not happy about that and let the little girl know that that was a dangerous move. I didn't, it didn't look like the bus, I, uh, bus driver was angry or like being overzealous about it, but she definitely was serious. And as she should have, because it was a very serious situation. But that poor little girl, she began to weep and stuck her face in her mom's stomach because she was just weeping so hard. That stern warning probably was enough to teach that child to wait for the bus driver's signal. I think my mom wished, wished I was that kid. I didn't respond to warning so much, as much as I did the belt. But one thing we can be sure of is God knows how we'll respond. He knows exactly how to discipline His children. Discipline isn't wasted if we come to repentance and change. If we fall into temptation of gossip, we need to ask for forgiveness. We see this in Numbers 12, 11 through 13. And he, Aaron, said to Moses, Please, my Lord, I ask you not to hold against us this sin we have so foolishly committed. Do not let her be like a stillborn infant coming from its mother's womb, with its flesh half-eaten away. So Moses cried out to the Lord, Please, God, heal her. Aaron asked Moses, the mediator between God and man, to ask God for forgiveness. We have a better mediator. Moses, is a faithful, Moses was faithful in all God's household, according to Scripture. That gave Moses this special relationship with God. But look what it says about Jesus in Hebrews 3, 3 through 6. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses. Just as the builder of the house has a greater honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone. But God is the builder of everything. Moses was faithful, was a faithful, or Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house. Bearing witness to what would be spoken by God in the future. But Christ is faithful as a son over God's house. And we are his house indeed if we hold firmly to the confidence and our hope which is in which we glory. As we read through the Bible, we find that we have a forgiving God. He doesn't want any of us to perish. He sent His Son to die for us so we could have our sins cleansed and removed. God is very invested on forgiving us so we can be like Aaron and repent. That way we can return to following Jesus just like they followed Moses in the wilderness. We have a loving God that wants to provide us strength in everything we need to follow Jesus. To repent and cry out to the one who can heal us. Aaron cried to Moses and Miriam did eventually get healed. Jesus is even a better mediator. We can trust that when we call on him, he will hear us if we do with authentic repentance. But don't expect anything to happen 
if we don't humbly, authentically ask him for help. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you that you've given us examples, earthly examples, so we can see spiritual things through things that happen on the earth. I just pray that you use this to bring more fruit in us, to bring fruits of repentance, fruits of forgiveness, fruits of encouragement, and everything we need to become a spotless, blameless church, beautiful in your eye. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.